previously on Hebrew Hits. Nana, I just remembered that your mother's ring, right, went missing. And you you told me that when you were boarding the ship, it got stuck or something. Was this now when you were just leaving Burma to Calcutta on that boat that you just discussed? Is that where your mother lost her diamond ring? You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this show because that means that you want to succeed in life and you do not want to fail. Many of us go through such difficult challenges in life, and it's up to us not to fall victim to them. It's up to us to rise above it and to succeed. I sit down with people who have gone through real big struggles and show that they overcame them and are super successful today. It's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Hebrew Hits is presented by TMC. Yes, well, because she was so nervous, I don't know what, she was wringing her hand at one time, and the the ring may have fallen into the river, onto the ocean. And I remember I asked her, I said, what did you throw? She said, I didn't throw anything. And she looked at her hands and she saw that the ring, her diamond ring was not there. That is so terrible. And did she ever find the ring? Did she like jump in to look for it or it was just lost? No way. It's in the ocean, you know, how, how low in the ocean you can go to get the ring. No. Yeah. My mom was a very special person because she was smart. She said, I can jump into the ocean and go look for it. But where on earth is it? It's no use. It's not worth. You have to make a kapara with that. And that's how she left it. So I want the people to understand that you had a home. You had food. You, your mother had a, her ring. You, had, you were living life. And at such a young age, you had to leave everything. And not only that, your mother gathered the few possessions that she was going to take with her. She left with nothing. And she had a ring on her finger. And even that she lost. It's just a very sad, it's a very, very sad time. It is, but we always said, my mom said, you know, life is what matters. The ring and gold and everything does not matter. So long as there's life, we have hope that we can one day buy a diamond ring. I love that. That's so nice, and that's that's such an inspiration. And at that point, really, life is all that mattered. When the war was starting, it's like survival mode. That's all that matters. That is very true. You know, our only thought was get out. You know, whatever we didn't have, we didn't worry. Our food got burnt. That thing to eat also was not for us. We were starving. And by the time we left, we had to hire a truck for all of us to fit in it and go out of the city so that in case if there's a second bombing coming, that at least we won't be there. We were living on top of a gas station. And that was not funny. When we left, I still look back, and I see my uncle, who didn't come with us, who stayed behind, and he lit a candle or two, I don't know, like a 24-hour candle, so that by the time we reached Calcutta, we should make a safe journey and go. And when the candle lit and lasted for 24 to 25 hours, so he was happy. He said that he surmised that we are safe in Calcutta. So what was life 
like? Did you start going to a new school? Did the war eventually come to Calcutta and you had to escape Calcutta as well? What happened next in your story? Well, when we went to Calcutta, the Japanese people wouldn't try to come to India because the British government who ruled India at that time would not let them in any way get to India because that was the chief, uh, uh, how to say, possession of theirs that they took India. They took Burma too, but Burma, they figured, oh, it's nothing so much, even though Burma had the oil which they needed desperately. But uh, they moved because they couldn't take it, and India is too big a place to fight. And the Japanese saw that. They couldn't fight in India because it was a big, like a continent on its own. So your father went and he bought a new home, or where did you live when you got to Kolkata? What happened when you got off the ship? Oh, we went to a foreign place of which we didn't know. But my mom remembered that she had a far distant, I don't know if it's a cousin or whatever, and he came and got us a flat, uh, you know, what would you call it? A flat. Apartment. Apartment, right. And that's where we went for the first night. After the first night, we started getting adjusted to the new surroundings, you know. And uh, I'm trying to think what time of the year it was because it would depend if the schools were still open or not open, or maybe the schools were closed at that time. You know, if, if we were being bombed by the Japanese, so they won't keep school open, they'll shut everything. They won't take chances like that. Donna, when you went to Calcutta, did your family come, like your cousins and your grandparents, everybody that lived in Burma with you? Or was it just your immediate family, which was your parents and your siblings? No, I think we didn't have grandparents at that time. They've all passed away. But all our whole family went there. My uncle stayed behind. He wasn't ready to come, and he wanted to know, as I've said a little while before, if we reached safely. So he burnt a candle for us, you know. And to see that if it lasts like on another for 24 hours, it lasted more than that. So he figured we were safe. Did he eventually make it to Calcutta or did he like pass away from the war? No, no. He stayed till the end of the war. Nothing happened to them. The, The Japanese people didn't take the local people and kill them. I don't think they did that, you know. But if somebody tried to, how to say, to interfere with them, they had no qualms to just go and kill the person. Yeah, they would just kill him. That's a really scary time. So, Nana, did you have nightmares from the war? Like, did you have PTSD? What? Like, I can't even imagine going through something like this. Yeah, I, I, we were all scared. I was really scared. We didn't want to sleep all the night to go to bed Our eyes were always awake. We never slept without a light in the room, you know, a small light. Didn't trust. I always thought maybe somebody will come and kill us in the night. No, it was a scary time. 
not not uh, enjoyable. It's a little bit like sad to me. Like I, you know, I we never really spoke about the war ever. It was just like okay, the Holocaust happened. I had no family in the Holocaust, and now that I'm getting older, I'm like Nana, you were in World War II, and I know little bits and pieces of your story. But it's just sad to me that I didn't know so much. Like, was is there a reason that you don't like to speak about the war? Or, like, why don't you speak about it? I was only happy that we were not so much associated with the European kind and the trouble the Jews had there. Because the Japanese people were very good to the Jews. They never hurt them at all. And we knew we lost everything which mattered as possessions. And possessions you can always have. Life is safe, there is hope. There's nothing to worry about. Whereas in Europe, the Jews were not given that chance. They were just slaughtered like animals. But I'm saying now, now, why growing up, me growing up, you know, I would come to your house in L.A. and you would come here to New York was there a reason that we never discussed and just talked about the war and what you've been through? Well, I, I don't think it's good to delve all the time. Like we went through a terrible time at that time. You know, you ha- one has to think forward, be bright, and hope that Hashem would take care of us. We had great, my mother had great faith in Hashem. In fact, I would see her sometimes in the kitchen, literally talking to Hashem. And I'd tell her, like, what are you, mom, afterwards, I'd say, what are you doing? She says, leave me alone, leave me alone. She wants me to tell her, don't, like, leave me to her thoughts. You know, like she wanted to tell Hashem, like, to take care of us and all. Because we, we went then, we had, like, going to a place we know nobody, you know. You know what it sounds like? A little bit like Avraham. Like Hashem said, Lech lecha, leave, like go, go on your way. And like he went to a strange land that he never, he didn't know anybody, he didn't know anything. And now the way that you're talking, I'm like, that's what it sounds like. Well, that was basically exactly what happened. You were told to get off. My mom wanted to get off the ship. And the captain told her, lady, this ship is very protected because it's carrying the wealth of Burma, the money on, on board, so it is very well protected, and you will be safe on the ship. Go on this boat. You won't be sorry. The captain told my mother, really. Wow. And was the captain from Burma as well? He, he was. A, no, I don't think so, because on a ship you can get outside people also who's a captain of a ship. I don't think he was not Burmese at any time. He was British. So, Nana, after you got to Calcutta, was there any time that you went back to Burma or did you just stay in Calcutta until you came to America? No, I went to Burma just for a little while because my dad went back after the war. He had a brother there and he went back after the war and the family went back. I went back just for a little while and then got an air ticket to come to America. And what did you do in Calcutta? I know that you, you used to tell me that you would get very nauseous on a bus. You used to go to a, on a school bus. Was that in Calcutta that you went on a school bus? Yeah. 
Yeah. I can't, couldn't stand long distances. It made, you know, the ride used to make me nauseous. So I'm assuming once you got to Calcutta, you had to start a new school. So you got adjusted. And during the war you went to school? I'm trying to understand the timeline. During the war, the girls went to school? Yeah. If they, if they were, didn't finish high school, they had to go to school. You know what I mean? They had to go to school. Yes. So Nana, tell me about the bus ride and how school was. Did you enjoy the food? Did you not like the food that they gave? I remember you used to tell me you, that that was like really hard years for you when you had to go to that school. Yeah, the school wasn't hard. It's uh, Since my parents and all went back to Burma, and I'm leaving to go back to, to Burma so that I could finish my education, I had just one year, and part of the year was already done. So I had part of the year left for me to graduate. And I didn't want to leave without graduating and start all over in, in Burma. I'd rather finish in Calcutta from what I already was due at that time to finish any time in that year. So that's how I stayed, to stay there and to finish high school, which I did. And then I went on a boat to Burma. What would you say was one of your biggest challenges during that time? Well, when I was in school, I stayed in the Jewish hostel for all Jewish kids. And we would travel by bus every morning. And in the evening, we would come home by bus. When we came home, our food was going to be given to us to eat. And I couldn't eat it. After the long ride, the bus ride, if I ate anything, I would get sick. I want to throw up. So I stayed. I would have my cup of coffee or tea and stay there without eating dinner. I might eat something mild so that I wouldn't throw up. So Nana, I feel so bad that you went through that. Like you were nauseous on the on the bus. It's ugh, it's terrible to get car sick. Um, but I want to ask you this. How many years did you actually stay in Calcutta for? How many years? I stayed till I finished high school, which I went, I think, in maybe about four years. Okay, and did your father, like, start a job there? Like, what did your father do after you guys had to flee from Burma? Like, did he just, what What were they doing for work in Calcutta? I, I, as much as my mind goes, I don't know if my father worked in Calcutta. I don't remember. But I know that in Burma he had property. And from the property we used to get income and we would survive on that. So we would get income every month from the property. That helped us to survive. And it's possible maybe your father didn't have a job in Calcutta because it was during the war. So who knows what he did? Yes. No, he, had, he didn't have a job. I frankly don't even remember if what he did. You know, at that time, you and young, you always think like the money is coming from heaven, like it doesn't enter your head. Right. Like the, he's not working today and there's no money coming in. So Nana, how did you survive then yeah. during the war? I tell you, my mother and Auntie Hildegard used to sew clothes and they taught some of the people 
who wanted to learn how to sew, you know, to make different designs and to make uh, something pretty. So they helped people, people, quite a few people came to them to learn, and that's how they survived, with what little they could make. Wow. And was there ever a threat in Calcutta to your lives and your safety? Not really, because the Japanese knew that the British would never left, uh, leave India to the Japanese people. It's a huge, it's a continent by itself. It's a huge place. So thank God, at least you had a place to go during the war. You had to flee Burma, but at least you went to Calcutta, which was safe for you. Yeah, that was, every time I used to hear the siren noise, I used to start shaking. I used to, you know, that's how we became. Like any noise like that kind, like kind of scared us. And I remember that we stayed in a place once, and in there was a, a boy. And the, the boy was no more than 15 or 16. I don't even know how old he was. But when the siren goes on, he gets, what is the word you would use? He goes crazy. He goes in a fit because he gets so affected by the Japanese, you know, the sound of them and all. He used to be terribly affected. I remember at one time when the siren went on, we went down, you know, right into the basement right down for protection that anything hit God forbid it like we won't get the first strike on the head and he was there he was all the time talking jabbering and you know when someone is so nervous they don't shut up (laughs) he kept talking and talking and talking till somebody told him be quiet it's okay we are safe here was there ever a time that you felt that you were not Safe. Like, was there ever a time that you thought, "Oh my gosh, this is it! Like, I'm not going to make it a lot, make it out alive." No. When we were in the trench, you know, in the dug-up trench, I thought to myself at that time, "God forbid, they were machine gunning us from where I don't know." So I said, "If that happened, then we will not survive." But they did not do that, and we will. I don't know if they did, but us, they didn't do. And we were very happy because we didn't stay there long. We stayed there for one day. And the next day, we sorry, we caught the boat to leave. Well, thank God, because you don't want people shooting at you. Yeah, you don't. No, that was a terrible time. You know, I ran away from the house to go to somebody else's uh, uh, place in the local, on the, on the road, where they had a shop. Because I figured I was using my head that we are living on top of the gas station. I mean, if they bombed that gas station, which they very often would do, because nobody didn't want anybody to have the gas to continue the war. You know, the gas is very important. So I did that and ran out of the house and went to the Jewish person who owned the store. And I stayed there thinking that my parents would come there. And they finally did. They came there. I told my mother before I left that I'm going down there, you know. And then I never saw my house again. After that, we went out to the 10 miles away in case of the bombing starts again. And the next day, my dad went to get the ticket to board the ship. He got a ticket, boarded the ship, and left. We didn't see what we had in the house, you know. Your 
like what you had as a kid. Anything to remind you, the memories and all, everything went. When you came back to Burma after the war was over, were your possessions still in the same place? No, no. We lost everything. Of course, they were being sold in the market. And we saw one time, my father saw, that all his uh, Hebrew, Hebrew books, Bible, were all being sold in the place. He had his name on the books, and he told the people, he said, this is mine. Somebody must have taken it off for my house. So can I have it? They said, yes, you can have it, but now you've got to pay for it. It's not free. It was yours, but it's not yours now. Like somebody else sold it to them, so they want to make a few bucks too. Oh, my God. So tell me, did your father buy his books back? All the Hebrew books he bought back. Wow, I'm like literally shocked. And where are those books now? We had them in the house. I don't know where they are. At a house. We had them. All the Hebrew books, you know, we had Tehillim there and everything. You don't want to get rid of your, the books, you know. We had certain type of books like for Friday night where you have songs and all that you learn. We didn't want to just leave it like that. It didn't sound good. So Nana bought it back, paid them something and got it back. So Nana, now that you're back in Burma after school, right? You finished your schooling and you went back to Burma. How long did you stay in Burma for until you left for America? Thank you so much for tuning in to part three of Nana's mini-series right here on Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so fortunate to have spent this time with you tonight or today or this morning. I don't know what day of the week it is that you're listening to this, but I know that you're listening to this. If you enjoyed what you just heard, please share it with one of your friends, one of your family members, your neighbor, so that we can spread this precious piece of history. Stay tuned for next episode. And if you can please go follow us on all our favorite streaming apps and leave us a nice review, that would be amazing. And if you really enjoyed this, please go subscribe to our YouTube channel at Hebrew Hits Radio. We'll be back next time. 